0: The Big 12 currently is the most locked in and, dare I say, locked on than ever before. So hear me, ACC and Pac-12 Nation. Drop the dead weight. You are
1: Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you very much for stopping by today to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. We are available on all of your podcasting platforms as well as visually on YouTube. You can find me personally on Twitter at all day o State. All right, so when I say cut the dead weight, you can look at the Big 12 historically and see precisely what I mean. But who better to bring in than somebody that's already in the Big 12, but hasn't been in the Big 12 super, super long? And reportedly, to some degree, a lot of West Virginia Nation seems to fancy themselves more along the lines of the ACC than the Big 12 historically. So, everybody, help me welcome in today, Justin, Cruz, Walker. How are we doing, brother man?
1: Doing great, Cody, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad we were finally able to uh, get our schedules lined up to – To to work together
0: yes yes um i have been been trying to get justin on on my show for uh, a while and honestly since the day i got the job um he was somebody that i was targeting to get on the show so i'm very very glad to finally do so they say the early bird gets the worm so here we are um right around this time i'm usually you know just now making my second cup of coffee and just now kind of getting into some of the film analysis for the day but this is even better man and i'll tell you yesterday I almost thought that, okay, maybe this ACC Magnificent Seven stuff has died down a hair. Mm -hmm. Because you heard some sort of solidarity come out from a couple ADs in the ACC. But we have recently learned it is more smoke and mirrors. And I get it. Because what people tend to forget in all of this conference realignment stuff is it is about the individual school, right? Your chancellors, your presidents, your ADs, their job is to do what's best for university. Sometimes that doesn't mean staying in the same conference. And you may have recalled whenever you guys, West Virginia was just now coming into the big 12, there was already turmoil and the turmoil was started because of primarily Texas, right? Texas wanted to be higher than now and sanctimonious in nature. And they wanted more money. Equal revenue share has never, ever, ever worked. It has never worked. And you're hearing PAC 12, Oregon and Washington, Think they deserve more money? Okay, cool. The ratings dictate that that might be the case. It's not going to work. ACC, you hear Clemson and Florida State are the ones kind of leading this charge. Does Florida State still produce ratings? Sure. Have they earned the seat at being a dictator in all this? I don't think so. But nonetheless, Texas and OU were always a problem in the Big 12, right? The way that they treated everybody is the reason Nebraska left. It's the reason Texas A&M left, Mizzou, Colorado, you name it. Everybody that got out of the Big 12 originally wanted out because of everything that Texas was wanting. And OU, obviously, you know, they held such a high regard that they didn't really need to request a lot. They were just naturally going to get it. But it was Texas. The whining, the crying, we're better than everybody. We have 40 acres. It caused nothing but instability in the Big 12 year after year after year. So now the big 12 is in a position of strength more so than ever before. So is, am I not right in thinking that we should send the message to these guys? Do not let Oregon and Washington pigeonhole your success. Do not let Florida state and Clemson pigeonhole your success. And I think that's what we're going to inevitably end up seeing. So what do you think is going to shake out? brother?
1: I think, I mean, I I agree with you that it, it never works. But at the same time, Cody, if, you, if you're if you Florida State and you're Clemson, I think you almost have to ask for it. Do you not?
0: No, I agree. But,
1: because they are, and if you're in Oregon and Washington in the pack, I think you ask for it because you are the high-caliber brands in that league. And and you're the one who's, you know, in, in the case of Florida State and Clemson, you're the only two who've won a national championship in the last decade right. or, yeah, 10 to 15 years, whatever, whatever the time frame is. If you're Oregon and Washington, you're the only two teams that have made the college football playoff out of the Pac-12, right? So, I think they, and they also have the largest fan bases that are remaining. So, I think they do deserve to ask for it. But like you said, if they do get it, you just got to realize, man, these university presidents, these boosters, they have egos the size of freaking Texas, no pun intended. (laughs) And... They don't want to be feel like they're being, you know, the bottom guy on the totem pole, so to speak. I don't care how good or bad their teams are or anything else. They, they're they all going to feel like their institution deserves more. And that's why it doesn't work. And I think at the end of the day what's going to happen is I think the ACC will stay together for a little while because this Granted Rice thing okay. is just too daggone hard to get out of, and it's too long, and it's going to cost too much money for anybody to get out of it. And it would be a legal mess if they did. So I think you're looking at at least a few more years, but I do think eventually the ACC is going to lose some teams. I just, I think it's inevitable. I think you're looking at North Carolina, probably to the big 10. I think you're looking at potentially Virginia to the big 10. I think you may see Clemson and Florida state go to either the big 10 or the sec. Then once that happens, who knows, you know, it could be, you know, all hell could break loose at that point, but. Maybe the Big Twelve is lucky enough to grab you know Pitt, Virginia Tech, NC State, some of these other schools, but I you know I still but I think it's I think we're still a few years away from that, in in my opinion. So as an Oklahoma
0: State fan, um, I'm going to give you something to ponder while while I tell the fine people out here about Bird Dog's clothing. But should Oklahoma State fans should we say you're welcome or sorry? For more Neil Brown in Morgantown, I don't know, I don't know. So ponder that for a second. Um, And ladies and gentlemen, you you know, I got to bring up Bird Dogs here. They sent us a package. It is the bee's knees for a reason. And yes, I know that sometimes you want to buy something that's worth its weight in gold. People always talk about when you buy a Mercedes, you're just buying a brand. That's not true. They have NASA-engineered triple audio pain technology that they use. They have these multiple X-Brace crumple zones that led way to all of the safety standards changing. So Mercedes is legit for a reason, just like bird dogs. Yes, I'm calling bird dogs the Mercedes of clothing. 100% accurate. You want to get what what it's worth. So go right now, go to birddogs.com, use promo code LOCKEDON to get yourself hooked up with the bad Mama jamma Yeti tumbler with the bird dog logo on it. Here's the logo in the box back here. If you don't know, now you know. You can swim in them, walk in them, jog in them, fight in them, work in them. It doesn't matter. You can do anything in these daggone things. And they got built-in boxers, so that helps the pocketbook as well. Again, go to birddogs.com. Use promo code locked on to get yourself hooked up with something in their line and a free Yeti tumbler. All right, brother, man. So last year, I was pretty confident as was our mutual uh, buddy, Golden Blue Dude, that Neil Brown coming into Stillwater was probably not looking at a job when he came home, right? Great. I bought it hook, line, and sinker. Their season was not great. Uh, I think everybody, myself included, thought that JT Daniels was going to, in fact, light the world on fire. Didn't happen. You you appear to have something cooking in Garrett Green, but I also know that West Virginia country has always – been head over heels for Nico Markiel. I did watch the entire spring game and you know I, I like I like some of the flashes in Nico Markiel, but does Garrett Green not provide you a little bit more sense of security than maybe you had last year even in TJ Daniels?
1: I think so. Uh, I think it's I think it's Garrett Green's time i'm I'm really high on Garrett Green man. I think I think the kid's a baller. is he is he the best pure quarterback out there? No, he's not. but with his ability to run the football, his speed, his athleticism, and he's got a very strong arm. I mean, his arm is – people may not – people look at his legs and talk about his legs, but he's got a freaking rocket for an arm, man. And I just really think it's his time. I think he, he's waited. He's been patient. He's waited behind, you know, Jarrett Dagie Now he's waited behind JT Daniels. He came in last year, gave the team a spark, won us a yep. game or two. Uh, now, Nico did come in and in of him in, in, in the game against you guys at the end of the season and played, played well. Uh, but, you know, in that rain, that monsoon game. <laughs> yep. But, you know, he didn't have to throw the ball a whole lot either, you know, to be fair. So, because it was, you know, we were running the ball because of the weather. But in the spring game, I mean, Garrett, to me, looked like he was ready. Yes. And I'll be honest with you, Nico did not look ready to me. Correct. Now, now, to be fair, there's argument out there to be made that he didn't get the same quality of blocking that that Garrett did. And maybe his receivers didn't make plays for him like Garrett did. But they did – they were both playing with the ones and the twos. So there were equal opportunities, in my opinion, to make plays. And well, I just and feel he, like Garrett looked more poised and more ready to be the starting quarterback in Morgantown in 2023, in my
0: opinion. And even if it's just a very minuscule amount, there is a differentiation between going from a right-handed to a left-handed quarterback, right? I'm not trying to make a mountain out of a molehill, but we're dealing with it with with Gunnar Gundy. And again, everything is opposite. Right, So if you're an offensive tackle and your drop step has gone the same way, 733,000 times, now all of a sudden you may have to shift, you may have to drop step with your other foot, go to the other side of the line, it is different. right? Your, your muscle memory, it's not the same. So is it this big drastic, oh, crap, we have a lefty, things are going to go to the toilet? Absolutely not. But again, when you're thinking of, of simplistic run plays, reverses, double pass, all that fun stuff, the, the positioning on the field for the offensive lineman, the tight end, fullback, whatever, it all matters. And sometimes that little bit of a differentiation can cause a guy to take one false step. And you know, in this game, in this conference, one false step against the, the wrong defensive lineman can spell disaster. Right. So let, let's, let's squash that debate, okay? If we beat y'all, as we should have in Stillwater— does Neil Brown still have a job, or do you think he was going to have a job regardless of the outcome in Stillwater?
1: I think he would have had it regardless because okay. the situation. I mean, we most of the fan base wanted him fired anyway, even after beating you guys because we still okay. had a losing record. Yeah, we didn't get a bowl game; just wasn't a good season up there standards, especially considering he was in his fourth year. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would have made a difference either way, whether we win or lose that game. Obviously, gotcha. you want to win, but I still think, and because they brought in the new AD he didn't feel like he had time to properly evaluate the program as a whole in such a short amount of time. And he didn't think it was fair to have to make that decision, you know, without knowing Neil Brown, without knowing the program, you know, being brand new, he didn't want to come in and just fire him right off, right off, the, off the bat. So, yeah, and, and there's also that $17 million buyout that was looming out there too that, you know, <laughs> you can't hide from him either.
0: Okay. So the over under, like I, as an Oklahoma State fan, I am madly head over heels in love with the over-under. So if you haven't checked out some of the Big 12 over-unders, I implore you to do so. Uh, F- Vandal is on it right now. And if you look at Oklahoma State side of it, six and a half. Mike Gundy has not won less than seven games since 2005. Yes, I know last year was an absolute dumpster fire, but what people don't realize, it was more of a locker room issue than a, a talent perspective issue. And you mix that in with some injuries and, and maybe – the the management of the injuries could have been better, who knows? But all of that stuff was not on field production, which is why a lot of Oklahoma State fans are, are very high on us this season. What does you guys say about your over under being at four and a half? Are you are you hammering the over this year, or is there some reluctancy still?
1: I mean, if it was me, I'm hammering the over on that because, and not not because I think we're going to be you know competing for a Big Twelve championship. But, I mean, we're in year five of Coach Brown and his staff. He's yet to win less than five games, right? Even yep. even the years we've been bad, he's at least won five games. True. And I just think with, you know, the new quarterback, the, the strong running back room, we have a very experienced offensive line. We've got all four of our games are against the newcomers in the conference, so, you you know, scheduling matters here too. Not saying those teams won't compete, but, I you know, obviously they're going to be – in my opinion, it's going to take them a year or two to catch up, from a, especially right. from a depth
0: perspective. 100%.
1: So, I think you factor in, the you know, at least four of our games are against them, plus we have a game against an FCS opponent. That's five right there. To me, there's there's at least five wins on the schedule right there, potentially. And then, obviously, I think we'll throw in at least one or two more. Right. Pull maybe pull off. We usually pull off at least one upset a year. Uh, and we got Pitt coming to Morgantown, so I think we can win at least five, six games. So,
0: is the expectation in Mountaineer country to make a bowl game? Is that, yes. is that kind of the bar? Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, minimum. And and to be honest, majority of fans I have talked to and communicated with on social media, if he doesn't win at least seven games, he should be fired. That's that's pretty much the sentiment around the program. I mean, six I, and six it might get us to a bowl game, but if he loses that bowl game and we finish six and seven, it's not good enough, man. It's – yeah. I
0: think that's fair. I think that is very, very fair. Okay, you brought up running back. West Virginia, the last five, six years, has produced some pretty, pretty daggone good tailbacks, right? Every year, it seems like you do have somebody that that fills that, that role, right? Obviously, Mathis was a big deal for you all most recently. Who do you kind of have coming out of the backfield this year? I was really excited to watch Lynn J. Dixon in a Mountaineer jersey. Obviously, that didn't pan out. So who do you have in the running back room that you guys feel super confident about this season?
1: CJ Donaldson okay. number one the kid he had never played running back I don't know if you know his story I don't know if the state fans know his story kid was I think he was a three-star recruit somewhere two to three star recruit coming out of high school he was out of a high school in Florida southern South Florida uh, only had two power five offers or two I'm sorry two FBS offers West Virginia being one of them we were his only power five offer but he was a tight end oh. in, because he played kind of a receiver, tight end hybrid position, I think, in high school. Oh, it's called a
0: cowboy back. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> he played cowboy back then in yeah. high school. But uh, we had, you know, with Lin-Jay, you know, the thing that happened with Lin-Jay, right? I don't. Him him leaving the team. Lin-Jay left the team. So it opened a spot. They needed another running back. Well, it was so late in the game, like, late in the preseason, they didn't want to go out and get a new one. And they, they had seen C.J. and how well he moved and how athletic he was. So they thought, let's let's try him at running back. And they said he was just phenomenal. And obviously, the first game of the season, we play Pitt at Pitt. First carry of the game, he rambles for like 25, 30 yards down the field. First carry of his career. And from then on, man, he just never looked back. And he actually was our second leading rusher on the team last year, even though he missed three or four games with injuries. He still rushed for over 500 yards. As a true freshman who had never played the position. <laughs> so the kid's special. Impressive. He's coming back for another year. He's got a year under his belt at the position. We were able to, I think, hold off some some other teams who were kind of making phone calls to him in the offseason. And uh, he's back, and we're extremely excited about him this this year. So defensively, West Virginia's has always been pretty salty.
0: Especially under Neil Brown, but even the fight in Dana Holgerson days, y'all had some pretty successful defenses. Is that going to be a carryover this year, or is this season going to be more of an offensive-led attack for y'all?
1: I think it'll be. I think it'll be balanced, more balanced. Last year, you know, since Jordan Leslie's been the defensive coordinator, our defenses have been solid until last year. Last year's defense was terrible, but I think there were a lot of things you mentioned injuries with Oklahoma State. We dealt with some of that. Our star, All Big Twelve corner, went down like six snaps in against Pitt, something like that, 12 snaps in. Like early in the game, he went down. And that that completely changed how they covered. I mean, they had to go from playing potential man to playing zone pretty much all the time. They couldn't rush as much. And we had a lot of new faces on the defense as well, which hurt us. But this year, we've got a lot of those, a lot of those guys that got thrown to the fire last year, have that year of experience under their belt now. So they'll be back. Now losing Dante Steels is going to hurt us up front you know we lost Jordan Jefferson to the transfer portal that's going to hurt us he was our nose guard but we do have some experience up there and i think we if i think if west virginia can finish at least 50th or better in defense this year which i think they can i think we have a really good chance to to at least win get to that 7 8 win range
0: all right so we're reversing back a little bit to the acc stuff now i've seen several people over the years for west virginia put out that they are a natural ACC fit, just like you've seen KU to some degree tout their AAU status as being a viable option eventually for the Big Ten, right? So it happens in every conference to some degree. Do West Virginia fans still kind of feel that they're a better fit in the ACC, or do you think the West Virginia contingent is starting to embrace the idea that the Big 12 is not only here to stay, but West Virginia is an integral part of the future success of the Big 12?
1: I think if you polled our fan base I think it would be a split but I think it'd be more 60-40 towards the Big 12 being a gotcha. fit. We've, you know, number one, we appreciate the Big 12 giving us a, a lifeline when we when we needed somewhere to go. Yeah. Um now we do also see I feel like the Big 12 needed us as well just like we needed them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. 100%. But, but but we do but we do appreciate them bringing us in because other conferences would not. Right. So there's that. I feel like culturally we're a great fit with the Kansas States, the Oklahoma States. Yep. Uh, I just feel like we're a good fit culturally. And then also, but there is still that contingent of the – fan, and also, the, the you know, the stability of the conference right now seems to be better than the ACC as well. So that's a big deal to us. But when you look, there is a portion of the fan base who would love to be in the ACC because we'd, we'd get back to our natural rivals, man. We'd get to play Virginia Tech again. We'd get to play Pitt again, who's our biggest rival. We could play teams like Boston College. Syracuse, who we used to share a conference with in the Big East. A lot of people just long for those days to be back, and they miss the regionality of college football. And, you know, do I miss that? I do. But I also think for the long-term viability of the team and the conference, I think the Big 12 right now is probably where we need to be. So what you're saying is,
0: after we scoop up a few ACC schools, um, it makes West Virginia fans a little bit happier. Because yes. again, regionality is cool, and it makes the travel for y'all significantly easier. I, you know, that's one thing I was thinking about throughout this whole conference realignment stuff. Is you'd kind of heard conversations about it'd be nice to get out east, but nobody was talking about getting out east. Brett Yormark wasn't talking about going out east. All the focus is on the Pac-12. Um, I think this whole ACC madness is really bad for the Pac-12 because the Pac-12's idea currently has been, well, let's just sit on our hands and see what happens. And I do think the ACC realized this is a bad move. We do not want to get caught with our pants down and get stuck in a no-man's-land position precisely like what the Pac-12 is currently going through. So, yeah, dude, I agree with you. I think it's an inevitability. I think it's only a matter of time. And it's also a numbers game. The Big 12 has stability. The Big 12 financially um, is going to be able to be close enough to to maintain its current status, if not improve. And the numbers work out, right? We have essentially six, seven, eight spots that we could potentially play with. The Big 10 does not, right? The Big 10, I don't think going above 20 teams for anybody right now is very advantageous so i just don't see it happening that means the big 10s only got a couple spots to work with the sec has the, the the benefit of being very very selective so they too only really have a few spots to work with right so i don't think it's always just you know this raise our hands in the air and pretend that the big 12 is is the, the hottest thing since sliced bread but when you look at the stability, you look at the financials, you look at the 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 tough the toughness of the league, the parity, the preparation that provides you as a team, in conjunction with the numerical assets that we have available, it just makes sense. And I think it's it's only a matter of time. So if you're a West Virginia fan, uh, you, you probably just name dropped a couple. But what would be your ideal four from the ACC?
1: Pitt, Virginia Tech obviously top two because of our rivals. And even though I mentioned Syracuse and Boston College from the old days, personally, I would prefer to get an NC State. I think they're, you know, North Carolina would be a great market to get into. fact, it's a, it's a uh, up-and-coming state, fast-growing, the fastest-growing states in the country right now. So I would like to see NC State in. I think they'd be a good fit for us. And then, you know, if you want to throw in a Boston College or a Syracuse, I think Syracuse would probably be my preference because that gets us okay. into New York. And I think they have a better brand overall, especially when you look at basketball. So I would like to see if I had to pick, well, and and then there's Louisville too. I can't forget Louisville. I'm I'm a big
0: Louisville guy here.
1: Yeah. And Louisville was in the biggies with us for a while too. So if I had to take my pick, I'm putting Louisville. Louisville, Pitt, Virginia Tech, and NC State would be my four.
0: Dude, I like that a lot. I like that. I would probably, in a – Perfect world, swap out NC State for Miami, but that might be obviously a little right. bit
1: of wishful thinking. Well, that and that's why I didn't go there. I think Miami, in my opinion, Miami's probably going to end up in either the SEC or the Big Ten, so I think I they're all kind of off the table for us. I was kind of sticking with the ones that I think might, quote-unquote, fall into our lap.
0: Yep, that makes 100%. Sense. And, and that's, that's exactly where I was going with it, because you're right. Miami does have a big enough brand. They have a big enough following that they should – be able to go to one of the other two conferences, but again, I don't think it's completely implausible to think that Miami has a shot at the Big 12. Like, we no, have something kind of to offer Miami for sure. They're gonna that. hear a sales pitch by the Big 12, oh, um, sure they
1: will if they haven't already,
0: yeah. And that's you know, the ironic thing about all of this stuff is you see a lot of smoke and mirrors with Pac 12, right? Especially from the media punditry perspective. You're not seeing a lot of that out of the ACC. You know what I mean? Like they're, they don't have, they, they've had a couple of ADs come out. And so some sort of semblance of quote unquote solidarity, right? But people like uh, um, Ross Dellinger and Pat Forty and the guys at 365 has since kind of dispelled some of that. Miss. It's the same as the Pac-12 in the terms of some of the ADs are letting stuff leak that kind of hint they're together. But if you look behind the scenes, like we we talked about in the the beginning, each individual school has to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. And each individual school knows good and darn well, they're not in a good spot in the ACC, or they would not be having their little island conversations that they're having at the moment. They know the spot they're in. I guess the question is, if you're somebody in the ACC, do you continue to wait and see what happens? I would almost just, from experience, let Florida State and Clemson go do you, boo-boo. Like, to me, that's what's now providing the instability of the conference. I know you have seven that are together. That's all well and good. But we also know out of those seven, two and a half of them are really the major players in this game. The rest of them are just fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, along for the ride. Can they get an eight school? You heard some grumblings that Louisville potentially would be willing to be that eight school. You know, I, I think somebody like a Duke could be an inter- interesting conversation, but it's just again the look over here because we're, we're we're doing something over here. I think a lot of this ACC stuff does nothing but benefit Brett Yormark. There is more Pac-12 deals to be made now than before all this ACC stuff crap started, in my opinion. Do you do you agree there, or do you think maybe I'm a little off kilter?
1: No, I agree with you. I mean, I definitely think the st- instability of the ACC is still there. I don't think, you know, after the Tuesday meetings, I guess they come out, you know, they were all kind of all holding hands, singing Kumbaya, but I think that was all just a public PR. I don't want to say stunt, but it was a PR move from the league, and I, mm-hmm. and I get it. That's what you're supposed to do. Correct. Just like the Pac-12 is doing. You get these people coming out, well, we none of us want to leave. And just like I said in my video yesterday, it, everybody in the country knows that they don't want to leave. The word want there right. is key. there's a difference between want and need okay totally opposites. if if you know that your school is going to lose its viability and its competitiveness by staying in a conference that's not going to be and i'm talking pac 12 now obviously right right right. switch gears on you but if you know they're not going to stay viable and competitive because your all your games are going to be on apple tv or you're only going to make 20 million a year and i'm just these are all this is all speculative numbers i'm just throwing out but just what-if scenarios, but if if that's the case, it's, yeah, oh man, I, I'm, I'm sure they're saying, like, man, we hate to leave, but we've got to because if we don't, we're going to be screwed. I mean, that's – and I think there's some of that going on in the ACC too, with you know, especially with Florida State, with Clemson, whose ADs have been public, that they, you know, are not in a good spot. Mm-hmm. You've had Virginia Tech's AD come out now and say, yeah, we're together, but – so, I mean, I think it's just uh, – I think it's just a matter of time, man, like I said earlier, before this thing goes – you know, before it crumbles, because there's just there's too many unhappy people in in that room, and too many people who have eyes looking at other at other conferences. Well, if
0: you look at it from the just the perspective of you know sustained success, continued viability, it just I don't understand what they think they're going to gain here. The ACC currently has literally almost zero leverage, right? Mm-hmm. And their TV deal is a, a complete shiznit show. But if you're ESPN or Fox or, or or anybody that's part of the conglomerate that currently holds the TV deal for the ACC, why would you let them out of it? You're getting Clemson, Florida State, and Miami on the cheap, 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 cheap. cheap. Right. like. You're making more money off the SEC or the ACC than the other schools, not because they're making more money, but because the, the, the financial gap is much more beneficial. So, if you're an ESPN, why in the world would you even entertain the idea of re- a renegotiation? And furthermore, why do ACC schools think that there is any more money to, to shake out of the trees? I just don't get it. Like I understand the solidarity thing right you're right it has to happen it's important for the conference to show that that sign of perceived strength at least but at the end of the day it comes down to dollars and dollars equal mathematics and mathematically I just I don't see any way it gets there it's just you mentioned uh the Pac 12 dude I think them getting 20 million per school you're being very very generous because there's some reports that it's between like 13 17 mm-hmm. And do I think the ACC is worth more than the Pac-12? Yes. Do I think the ACC should get more than the Pac-12? Yes. Do I think that it's set in stone that it's going to happen? No, because if I'm ESPN, I ain't changing now not a nothing. Why would you? Yeah, you just, yes, exactly. You just financed a Mercedes at a Hyundai price. Why would you walk in the dealership and say, you know what? I changed my mind. I'd like to go back to the original Mercedes price. Can I do that? It ain't going to happen, man.
1: Yeah, the Pac-12 has overvalued themselves big time, and because of that, they are in this situation. They they could have, they should have taken the deal that ESPN and Fox was going to give them. What a year or you know eight months ago, a year ago, whenever it was, when they decided to walk away and go to the open market. Yep, that allowed the Big Twelve to jump in front front of the line. If 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 that hadn't happened, we might be where they are right now. One hundred percent, dude. It's because we got the shelf space that they that. That they need, and there's not what left it left. is.
0: Is Brett Yormark and George klyovkov are currently well. One of them's playing a game of chess. The other one's still stuck on checkers. Because you're right. As soon as the Pac-12 turned that down, Brett Yormark's like, "Well, okay, we'll take it." Right. We yep. we know that stability at the very moment stability is more important than financial dollar bills. I know if you're in the SEC, you're not going to say that. If you're in the Big Ten, probably not going to say that. But it, I mean, it just, to, to me, it's a fact of life. I agree with you. We're looking at inevitability from both sides of the perspective. There will be a few PAC 12 schools that bounce. There will be a few ACC schools that bounce as long as they can get out of those granted rights. But again, the writing seems to be on the wall. One thing I do appreciate, though, is you're not seeing a lot of ACC media guys pump you know puff out their chest and pretend that everything's fine. They're not throwing on the blinders, trying to mislead their fan base on a daily basis. That's my frustration with Pac-12 media. Like, just to be honest with people. Just be like, hey, it's not looking good. But instead, they're like, hey, don't worry. Everything's fine. Don't listen to the Big 12. They're just a bunch of truck stop flyover state liars. Yep. So that's that's the the... Issue that most Big Twelve fans have with the Pac twelve is the sanctimonious pretentiousness that they they tend to go by. You're not seeing that out of the ACC, so we're appreciative. But our 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 word to ACC country would be, don't get too bogged down with what Florida State and my and Miami and Clemson want to do, because at the end of the day, it's about your university. Point yep. blank. Period.
1: Yep. Now. What do you think about – I'm going to ask you a question, Cody. What do you think about the the deal the ACC is supposedly working on where they're going to give – it's going to be reward, you know, merit-based. Basically, how, however you – if you make the college football playoff, you're going to get more money than the schools who didn't. Mm-hmm. From that money, but not from the TV money. What do you think about that?
0: I mean, I think it's fair. I think it's uh, – at least they're attempting to use some sort of negotiating tool that they have, mm-hmm. right? It's not a big one, but again – the ACC seems to be viewing this from a, a somewhat pers- a, a realistic lens, right? Uh, unlike the Pac-12, the Pac-12 again, they just have their nose sto- so high in here; they refuse to accept reality. I do think the ACC is trying to find creative and unique ways to keep everything together, and for that, I gotta give the ACC props, like I do. They're trying to make it work contractually, right? Yeah. And that's what's what everybody would prefer in every conference, but usually. When a couple teams have just decided that they're above the conference and they're better than everybody else, that attitude does not go away. That mindset doesn't change, right? Florida State could go 2-10, and but if they still produce almost 3 million viewers a show, they will still continue to beat this this chest and this drum of, we don't need to be here. So again, I just... We've seen it in the Big 12. It's usually the beginning of the end when you start talking about unequal revenue share, even if it's deserved, because it does create animosity. It's just, it is what it is. People tend to forget that these ADs, presidents, chancellors, whatever, they're just regular dudes, right? They're just regular dudes like me and you um, that, that go drink a yingling on the weekends. It just, it is what it is.
1: You're right. And they and their, their job? is to do what's best for their university, not for the conference. The conference is important. Don't get me wrong. It is, it's probably yeah. second on the list. Right. The first on the list is their university. And you think Florida State really cares at the end of the day. I mean, they care. It's probably a strong word that they don't care. But they're, the low low on their priority list is what, what's going on with Duke and Wake Forest and Boston College. 100%. That's not what they get paid for. 100%, buddy. They get paid to take care of Florida State. In in the case of Michael Alfred and, and the Florida State administration, that's what they get paid to do, and that's what they have to do, or they would be it would be a dereliction of duty if they weren't doing that. But at the same time, the Boston College guys, the Wake Forest guys, they or, or ladies, whoever, they're doing the same thing for their institutions as well. And if they want to keep their institutions afloat, they cannot allow, like you said, Clemson and Florida State run the show because it's just going to cause further and further division and it would be the beginning of the end.
0: I agree. I think you, you, you hit a home run there. Speaking of home runs, did you watch uh Texas West Virginia baseball last night?
1: Did not. And I'm glad I didn't. I was going to, and then I got on, I was going to tune in. Thought it was on the Longhorn network, unfortunately. Yeah. And it was really hard for West Virginia fans to even watch it, which was
0: thank God that'll be gone soon. Yeah, really?
1: But, you know, which is a whole nother conversation, man. Why would you? <laughs> West Virginia had, is playing a game to win the big twelve regular season title, mm-hmm. and their fans can't even watch the game. Absolute travesty. But anyway,
0: it is wild. And you know what, dude? hats off. Um, West Virginia has been getting good there for there for a while. I've been a fan of West Virginia baseball uh, I don't know seven, eight years ago. We had a, a big tornado in Oklahoma, and West Virginia happened to be coming down for a series against Oklahoma State and Stillwater. And y'all came a couple days early and helped with like tornado relief, pickup, and, 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 and barbecues and stuff, feeding people. It was it was awesome. So I've been following West Virginia baseball ever since. Y'all deserve this regular season title. But I'm not going to lie, if Texas accidentally beat you a couple more times and y'all accidentally gave us the, the Big 12 title, I wouldn't be too mad at
1: you. I hear you. I hear you. No, that's, and that's the thing. As, like I was saying earlier, I'm kind of glad I didn't watch it because it was a dumpster fire from, I mean, we got beat. What it was a twelve to two? I think was the final score of that game. So, you know, West Virginia fans, you know it, it. It was all over Twitter. You know, this is typical West Virginia fashion. We got, we got, we're that close to doing something great, and we're, you know, we're blowing it. But hey, it's baseball. There's two more games in this series, so everybody relax. It's One game, don't, don't give up on the team just yet,
0: buddy. That's why West Virginia and Oklahoma State fans get along so well. We're both used to getting our fingertips up. To the mountaintop, but Dagnabbit, we can never get over
1: the daggone thing. Mm-hmm. That's right, man. Life of a West Virginia and Oklahoma State fan, unfortunately. All right, brother man. Well,
0: Justin Coos Walker, why don't you let the fine people out here know how they can get a hold of you. Watch your show. Your show is awesome. I've been watching it for a while now. Congrats on that. I see Thank your you. numbers picking up. It's Because you put in the work, you do a good job. So let the fine people out there know how they can see you, get a hold of you, watch you. All that fun shenanigans,
1: I am at Cooz's Corner on YouTube, where I cover obviously Big 12, a lot of West Virginia talk over there, a lot of conference Alignment talk lately. So check me out at Cooz's Corner. And I'll, you can also interact with me on Twitter at Cooz206. You can see it on the screen there for those of you watching. If you're listening, it's C O U Z, is how you spell Cooz. So it's at Cooz206. I'm also on Instagram at Cooz's Corner206. And I even though I don't, I'm not on there a whole lot, I do uh, mess around with TikTok a little bit at Cooz's Corner. So. Check me out there, and I have a Facebook page, and I even have a website. If you want to come check out my website, it's kind of just now getting off the ground, but chooserscorner.com as well.
0: Well, man, uh, thank you very, very much for your time. I'm glad we finally got a, a way that we can kind of work the schedule stuff out. We have some retribution coming to Morgantown this year from Mike Gundy and the Cowboys. Hopefully, we see it. Hopefully, we get it. I cannot wait for a good game. I, too, believe that it's probably safe to bet the over on the Mountaineers coming into this season. I'm excited, man. And, again, secretly, I kind of hope y'all win the Big 12 title. But, obviously, selfishly, I kind of don't. But we'll see. We'll see how it pans out. I just can't physically root for Texas. It's just I I, I, I tried. Uh, I've tried before. I, I, I got sick to my stomach. I couldn't <laughs> do it, man. So, I learned my lesson.
1: I hear you. Go yeah, near. You, you're kind of you're kind of between a rock and a hard spot, man. Because you don't want to root for Texas, but you want your team to win the conference. So you're like, yeah. oh man, what do I? Do? You're, what do I do?
0: <laughs> I just watch Bedlam and get excited. That that covers it for you. me. And man, b- beating OU in baseball like a redheaded stepchild—it's amazing. Like any sport, anytime, anywhere. I am going to be sad to see Bedlam go, which is why I can't wait for some of this conference realignment. We need to bring some rivalries back. And if you can give me Pitt and West Virginia every year, sign me up. I hate Utah fans. They're the most pretentious of the daggone bunch. I can't stand them. But let's be honest, bringing in the Holy War, that replaces a little bit of the Bedlam mystique that you lose, replaces a little bit of the Red River mystique that you lose. So I'm all for it. Can't wait for it to happen. Justin, thank you for jumping on the show, brother. Everybody, make sure you go check out Coos's Corner a little bit later on. And uh, that's about all we've got for this one. All right, y'all. Until next time, as always, I love y'all. God bless. Go, Pokes. I'll see you around the turn on the next one. Thank you for tuning in today to make Locked On Oklahoma State your first listen. Later.